Welcome. This is the Loving Liberty Network. This is the Liberty Mom Show. I'm your host today, Delane England. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries to defense, the real defenders of the home front. We are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. And I'm so happy to have you with us today. I'm so glad you joined us. And we have a wonderful co-host and guest today is Kristen Chevrier, another wonderful Liberty Mom. Kristen is also the president of Your Health Freedom. And welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You know, you're over Your Health Freedom. And the way that I see it is that really every issue, every bill is really does have impact on our health. So we're going to be discussing the legislature today. We have our legislative session in Utah is a 45-day session, counting the weekend, so it's only 33 days that they're actually in session, and it runs from the end of January to the beginning of March, so it is like learning and feeding through a fire hose. Everything happens super fast, and we like to get things over as quickly as possible because we're, none of our money or liberties are, in, are safe when the legislature is in session, right, Kristen? That's absolutely right. Only 33 days. I like it that you put it that way. Now I can put up a, a daisy chain and start taking the days off as we go. Maybe that'll give me some Yeah, help. exactly. You can see it count down. So yeah. we're going to talk about some of the bills that are at the legislature. Um, Kristen, which one do you want to start with? I'm, I have a tendency I want to start with the most controversial one, HB 92, but maybe we want to work into it a little well, bit more gently. I don't know. We could start with that one, and then, then we'll see what we have time for after that, because it's okay. a really important one. I feel that way. I feel like it's a really, really important bill. I call it the child mutilation bill, because if you're not aware, and I mean, if you don't live in the state of Utah, I highly recommend that you check and see what is happening in your state because you may have no idea what is happening to children. I think that we would all agree that it is not in the best interest of children to cut off perfectly healthy body parts and to what I call mutilate their bodies. And I think it's very dangerous. The bill is actually called medical practice amendments. And what the bill does is it basically tells the medical professions they cannot do any hormone blockers or surgeries on, on healthy organs of children under the age of 18, um, under the age of adulthood. And so this seems like a really clear, clean-cut bill because as much as I am a big lover of parental rights, I, I fight for parental rights all the time, we, don't, we would all agree that parents don't have the rights to hurt their children. They don't have the right to molest them to kill them, to mutilate them, mutilate them, exactly, do lifelong damage to them. And so, of course, we don't let 
16 or 14 year old smoke. We don't let them drink alcohol. We don't let them do drugs. All of those things are because it is a child, their bodies and their brains are not fully developed. So they need to have those things naturally, let nature take its course, let them develop their bodies, develop their brains and develop emotionally before they make any really life changing alterations that will impact them the rest of their life. So that's why this bill I think is so important. And just so people know, six years ago, five children in the state of Utah had either hormone therapy or surgery on on healthy organs, um, healthy body parts. They, so five children six years ago. Last year in 2020, do you want to just throw out a number, Kristen, of how many children you think? You probably know, though. What do you think? I do. I'm not sure I do. Okay. Just, it's, a, it's higher. How many children do you think had hormone therapy or body surgery on perfectly healthy organs? In Utah? In Utah. Only Utah. Um, I'll say 15. Uh, over 1,000. Oh, my gosh. What this has done is it's turned into a huge industry. There are doctors that are just making so much money in really damaging children and destroying their lives. It is really very, very sad to me. It's turned so into a huge I feel industry. like it's important for people to understand that a lot of times when children or young adults think that they think something as a young adult or a child, they grow up and realize they feel differently. And, and I guess if you just indulge them in the idea that they think they're a boy or whatever, I guess that's not such a big deal. But when you give them puberty blockers and you actually do surgery on them, it actually changes. Like some of the drugs that they give them will change their characteristics so that they'll develop a bigger Adam's apple or facial hair or other things. And what if, what if a, a woman who has done that then decides that she doesn't want to be a man? Then she can't go back. She's still got the deeper voice and the bigger Adam's apple and the the facial hair, and it just it complicates their lives so much, to in in every way, physically, emotionally, and and just there's no way for them to recover. So doing this there, kind of stuff to them as a child is is just unconscionable. Exactly, Kristen, you're so right. Taking someone off of puberty blockers you know, it doesn't reverse the time they've lost in developing puberty. So even if you take them off, it stops the continuation, but it doesn't go back and start over again. And, right. and, and our and bodies really need to as much of an issue. It's just as much of an issue with boys because their parts don't develop. Exactly. And then, right. then what? And it, it, it impacts not just your body, but these things also impact you emotionally. And as well as physically, and those things tie in. And, you know, it's so hard to be a young person and a teenager, especially right now. And, of course, I remember when I was young, I remember kids being very confused. It's really quite normal. It's quite natural. You're trying to figure out. I remember being jealous of my brothers because they always got to do the fun, high adventure things. Right. And the girls, they want us to sit around and listen to lessons and and so, which I actually love to sew, but it's like, I want to go rafting. I want to go on 
on rappelling and rock climbing and you know I wanted to do all the high adventure things and um, you know it wasn't I didn't I didn't actually want to change my sex but I did feel a lot of jealousy for not being a boy and so I think it is very normal and common for people to be really confused and to wonder and to question and that is part of going through pu puberty which is why it's really important for kids to have a chance to get through through puberty before they make any life-altering decisions. And so it's not an anti-anything, Bill. It's not anti-anybody. It's just allowing children to develop emotionally and physically before we do anything that's not able to be reversed. So right. I think that's a great bill. Clear, just to be very clear, this bill is actually a good bill. It's not, it's not advocating mutilation of children. It is advocating allowing them to develop normally right exactly and it, uh, yeah so it's a great bill and it just says doctors cannot perform this surgery and 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 hormone therapy on children so that doesn't affect adults once they're in adults that's america that's freedom people have a right to do what they want to but here's what's really an interesting statistic boys Eight, by the time they become adults, if they are not, they don't have the therapy, if they're just left to their own devices, which does, which means being loved, cared about, which means not being forced into, um, you know, say, no, you can't do that. It's just letting them be. It's not trying to reprogram them. It's just letting them be. 98% of boys will outgrow any dysphoria that they might have, and 88% of girls outgrow it. So there's no harm in waiting. Waiting just allows them to just grow up and develop and then decide as adults what they want to do. They still have every opportunity open to them, but now they do it with a healthy body, a healthier mind, and they're in a much better position. So, um, Kristen, we're going to let you choose the next bill, and if you want to just introduce that number, and then we're going to take a quick break. But what should we work on next? I would like to talk about House Bill 233. It's by Representative Strong, and it's Education Immunization Modifications. Fantastic. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. and pounds of fur. Our hairballs have hairballs. Our cat mama, she's 10 years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat. I have two cats, Dixie and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I just tried this wonderful, catalicious Dynavite for cats, and my cat has been on it for two weeks. She is not scratching anymore. She's not chewing anymore. It is just the best. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for cats was coming out because I would seen the changes in my dog. To introduce my cat to Dynavite, I took the advice from Dynavite and put their food on top of just a scoop in the bowl just to get them used to it because I know if I even switch one little thing, they put their nose up to it. There was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. 
B-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Lens S and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit LensS.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms could mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. Order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. Call 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. This is Delaine England, your host, and I am on with Kristen Chevrier. Thank you so much for being with us, Liberty Mom Kristen. We're so happy to have you with us. We're gonna we're talking about the bills of the legislature this year in Utah. And I can promise you that many of the bills that we have in front of us right now, you are going to have or will have or do have in your state if you're in the United States, I promise, because many of these bills are being pushed and they act like they're coming from the state, but they're being pushed nationwide. We're going to talk about HB 233. So Kristen, tell us about this bill. This is actually one that you may not see pushed nationwide. This is a good one. And it is called Education Immunization Modifications. Um, and it's by Representative Mark Strong. What this bill does, in Utah, we have three exemptions for um, school children to get vaccines or not get vaccines. So the exemptions are if you want to opt out of any one vaccine or all vaccines. And you can, you can have a personal, religious, or medical exemption. But that only goes pre-K to 12. And once you get past 12th grade, there's nothing that says that the colleges can make you get vaccines, but there's nothing that says that they can't. And so what Representative Strong is doing here is extending the rules that go pre-K through 12 through higher education. So if there's somebody who has bad reactions to vaccines or for some reason doesn't want to get one in, in particular one particular vaccine, 
or doesn't want any vaccines at all, then they could apply for, not apply for, but they can get an exemption. So um, it's, it's not perfect. I would prefer that exemptions didn't even have to be. You know, I, I would rather we could just say, oh, I would love to get that vaccine or uh, no, I really wouldn't like to have that vaccine and not have to justify or, um, or, get permission. or get permission, right. To opt so, out from your government. Right. So that would to be opt out of something different. you don't want to do with your own body, my body, my choice, whatever happened to that. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so I really appreciate Mark Strong for running this bill. I think it's something that's been needed for a very long time. We have kids who are mid-degree who are being told they can't have their degree because they haven't had their vaccinations. Which wow, that is horrifying, isn't it? Yes. They can't get their degree. They've graduated, but they can't get their degree. Well, yeah, they, they, they just they can't get the piece of paper. Even maybe they may just be in the middle of the program, but all of a right. sudden it's a priority for everyone to be vaccinated, even if it wasn't when they started. And so now they're saying, Oh, well, I know you've already taken this many classes, but you can't get your degree or your grades or whatever they can hold hostage. They, they won't give it to you until you've had all of the vaccines that they want you to get, whatever that happens to be. So this will, wow. will give, give students a way to protect their own health choices and decide for themselves whether they want a particular vaccine or they don't. So Kristen, where is that in the process? Isn't that just, it hasn't even been to committee yet, has it? No, it's still in the House Rules Committee. So yeah, I'm not sure. I, I did talk to Representative Strong yesterday. I don't know what we're supposed to be doing right now to promote it, but um, it is good to be aware that it's there. And then I have an email list, and I know you have an email list, but um, at Your Health Freedom at, on our website, it's yourhealthfreedom.org. Um, we have a little get involved button that you can click and fill out the form and then you'll get email updates from us on the bills that we're following. So if anyone's interested in, in that, it's yourhealthfreedom.org and then the get involved button and fill out the form. And I will definitely be updating on this bill. So as soon as we know yeah. what action needs to be taken, I'll get that out. So if you're in Utah, this is a great bill to support. If you're totally in favor of vaccinations, uh, which is just great, but we would hope that you would honor and respect that there are people who. There are people who cannot get the vaccine for whatever reason or who not, choose not to. It's not in their best interest and they choose to opt out. So, um, so that it's HB 233. And whenever you, whenever you write an email, I'll just like insert this real quickly. Whenever you go to write an email to any of your legislators, be sure to write the number HB 233 and write the name education immunization and be sure and write that in there and then write yes or no. Because a lot of times like legislators will get literally hundreds of emails and they or their interns won't have time to open them all and read everything, but at least they can see where their constituents or where their citizenry is coming from because they can go through and just see, you know, this bill, yes, this bill, yes, this bill, yes, this bill, no. So that really helps them stay on top of things. So 
be sure and put that. And then just make it short, make it nice. You just get so much more with honey than you do vinegar. So, you know, threatening people and telling them how stupid they are is really not going to get us anywhere at all. So always be nice and be respectful. Um, and then um, tell them, you know, list two or three talking points is always a good thing. So yeah, list two or three talking points. Make sure you know where the bill is and what it, what it actually says. If you trust the people you're getting the information from, that's one thing. If you're if you have any question about where you're getting the information, make sure you double check it yourself because when you send in emails and you give outdated information or wrong information, um, it it affects your credibility and the credibility of the whole side that you're on if you don't really actually know what's happening. So it's a good idea to find people you trust who you know are keeping up to, to the minute on what's happening with the bills. Here's a quick example. Um, the other day we were sending out information on a bill that I happened to know because I was helping draft a substitute bill. So I knew there was a substitute bill coming up and I knew that this bill needed to have the substitute because it was going to pass either way and it was a really bad bill about the substitutes. I sent out an email and I said, please contact your legislators now in order to help them know that there's a substitute coming and ask them to support this substitute. Well, there were people who didn't know that I was working on a substitute. And so they, um, they, they misinterpreted what I was saying and they said, well, this is what the bill really says, but they just didn't know. So you need to know that whoever it is that you have giving you your information um, is up to the minute so that we don't have confusion among the ranks and we don't have confusion among the legislators and they don't feel like we don't know what we're talking about. Oh, that's a, such a good point, Kristen. You're so right, because it doesn't just hurt your credibility. It hurts the credibility of the entire group. And and what right. is true is the that this process goes so quickly, so you really have to stay right up and stay on, on top of it, because it goes from committee to the floor, then it goes to the other committee, either the House or the Senate, and then their floor. And it moves through very, very quickly sometimes, so you really have to stay right on top of things. Okay, well, excellent. That's a great one. Um, I, I want to talk about the next one we're going to work on is HB 38, School Technology. And this is, in my opinion, a great bill. I think you'll agree with me. It's sponsored by Representative Seg Miller in St. George. And it's a great bill because what we found is in so many schools and in libraries and in schools, the computers are, there is a lot of pornography on the computers and the kids are able to on their phones or on the computers or on their iPads or whatever technology they have from the school or at school, especially with so much online learning right now, that they are able or even not trying to access their, it's popping up. So we're going to finish talking about this. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. to.
is the Loving Liberty Network. Liberty, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense, the real defenders of the home front. We are there when it comes to defending our families and communities. I'm Delaine England, your host, with Kristen Chevrier, your co-host. And we are talking about HB38 in the state of Utah, House Bill 38. It's called School Technology. And I think it's a great bill because we have a really big problem right now with kids being able to access, whether they are trying to or not, pornography on the school technology. And um, what this bill does is it just reigns that in and just makes it so that they cannot access it, makes it the providers have to be sure they put filters on and make it sure that these um, school devices cannot, act, pornography cannot be accessed through the, the school technology. So in my opinion, that is a fantastic bill, way too long in coming. We absolutely should do that. It, again, we need, uh, as, a, as parents and as a society, we do need to protect our children. So that's a great bill. And it is still in rules, so um, just have to kind of watch it. And I, you know, while while we have just a second, I want to hurry and tell people: if you go on to the Utah website, it's le for ledge, ledger, le .gov. If you go on there, then you can pull up the bill. You just type in HB 38 or whatever bill you want to look, and then there's a tracking system, and you can just put track. And you click on that, and then it's going to send to your email address every time that there's a change. So then you'll know when it's going into committee. You'll know when it's going to be on the floor. So then you know exactly what to do, which is really helpful, and you can stay right on top of it without pulling it up every day. So that is a system. Our Utah legislative um, website is award-winning. It is phenomenal. It's really very user-friendly. It has all the information. You can listen or watch every committee meeting. You can watch every every single discussion on the floor, both the House and the Senate. And you can read the bills. All the bills are there for your access. And at least 24 hours in advance, you can read the calendar. I just wanted to add there, when you're reading a bill, um, you look at the text that is underlined. That's what's being added to the bill. And you look to see what is crossed out, and that's what's being removed. Sometimes there's confusion. People will read a bill, and they will not realize that they're reading existing text. Um, right. They they flip out, and justifiably, I don't disagree. Yes. Because a lot exactly. of there is horrifying. But yeah. you do need to focus on what's underlined and what's crossed out. That's where your bill is. That's where the actual text of the bill is. So um, don't or try not to freak out about the stuff that's surrounding it. If you get into the process more, you can work with legislators on amending other things that are in that section of code. But at the moment, if all you're addressing is the bill, then only look at underlined and deleted or crossed out, not deleted, crossed out. That is, yes, it's still, it's crossed out in a way you can still read it so you can tell what they're taking out. So then you know, hey, what are they taking that out for? You go, oh, thank goodness they're taking that out of the current law. So you can still read it, but you can see that's what's going to be going. And then you see what is coming. Thank you, Chris. And that's a very good point yeah. because, boy, haven't we seen that happen many a time? People start reading the bill yeah. like, this is ridiculous. We're like, yeah, it's already in code. <laughs> that's not yeah. what they're doing. So then you can address it from a much more 
intelligent perspective. Right. Okay, Kristen, what else? What's, what's the next bill that you would like to talk about? Well, let's see. Um, we've talked about 92. We could talk about the um, HB 93. That's the youth suicide oh, let's prevention. Do. Yeah, um, let's talk about that. So it's HB 93, suicide prevention. Which sounds great. Which sounds good because we're all supportive of suicide prevention or pro-life. But we also need to know that frequently what the titles say don't tell you what's really in the text of the bill. So um, while we all would support suicide prevention programs, we have to look at the details and who it is that's present, being presented with what kinds of material and whether this is actually something that's going to be helpful to the children or could create additional problems. Exactly. So um, this bill, we have suicide prevention program in Utah already, and it, it is designed for high school students and junior high school students. We don't actually have anybody who has committed suicide. I don't know that ever, but like last year, um, amazingly, we don't, suicide is horrible and devastating as it is, and we want to do everything we can to make sure that everyone, especially youth, feel hope and that they have a desire, they have a purpose and a desire to live. But, and of course, we want to support elementary kids in that as well. That is not a problem in Utah thus far. Um, so it's not, we're not addressing a problem that has become a problem. Where our concern here is that what this bill does is it takes the same suicide prevention program that is in high school and junior high, and it puts it into the elementary schools. And I feel that this is just not age appropriate. Those kids need to be learning life skills and reasons to live life. I think sometimes we, we found with the D.A.R.E. program, the, uh, the drug, I don't know what it stands for, but it's to try, it was designed to keep kids from getting on drugs, but we found what happened in almost all the schools where D.A.R.E. was being taught that the drug usage went up because we were focused so much on drugs we were teaching people about drugs and students were becoming more and more curious who had never even considered it. They became more intrigued and curious. And so we found it actually increased it. And that's my concern as well with even the suicide prevention in junior high and high school. We need to teach a very positive way, which I would say is sort of a pro live life or life has a purpose, kind of a more positive perspective. But what we don't want to do is be taking suicide in, in of any so form into our elementary schools. Well, I've actually been hearing recently that there are shows on public television that discuss suicide for little tiny children. And somebody was telling me that their preschooler said something about wanting to kill themselves. Are you serious? Yes. And I said, where would they even get such a notion? Where does I, that even yeah, come from? Exactly. And they said, it's on public television. They talk about it. So you need to be aware also that not everything your child is seeing on public television is designed to make them happy and want to live life. You need to be really aware of what's going into your child's brain. But yes, this is something that should not be going into elementary school brains. If we want them to be happy about living, we don't tell them to read Lord of the Flies. We tell them to read something that's uplifting and motivating and, and life-affirming um, rather than, than talk to them about people killing themselves. It's so true. It's just, uh, 
counterproductive. It is diminishing returns. We want to focus and we know whatever we get, whatever we focus on. So we need to focus on the positives and, and the life purpose. Okay. So um, anything else you want to say about that? No, I think that's sufficient. Okay. Let's move on to SB 92. We did HB 92, which was the body mutilation bill. And now I'd like to talk about SB 92. That's a Senate bill and it's called home computer voting. So this is, in my opinion, a horrible bill because it makes as if we didn't have enough voter fraud as it is. And I'm here to tell you, if you don't believe in voter fraud, you just need to just do a little bit, tiny little bit more research because it's, there's so much evidence of it out there. Um, I went to Nevada myself and got more than 100 affidavits from different people, voters in Nevada who, who testified um, on an affidavit swore that their ballot, their mail-in ballot was used fraudulently by someone else. And that was just me, one person. We gathered, I believe, 7,000 affidavits as a team um, in that just the four days that we were there. And just hundreds and hundreds of people who, and it didn't matter what party, it wasn't Republicans or Democrats or independents of, of all parties that are very upset that their ballot got misused by someone else, but using their name and their address on a mail-in ballot. So this, to me, home computer voting, it makes the voting a little too easy, and then I think it would be super hard to make accountable and track. So I'm very against this bill. How do you even know who's voting? If it's exactly. Like Just I, can get vote, it going. I can vote for anyone. I get ballots here for people who have lived here for a short amount of time, but have never re-registered somewhere else. So if you're voting online for those people, then anybody who's receiving excessive ballots in their house ends up having multiple votes if they want to. I mean, if they wanted to be dishonest. And I, exactly. I totally disagree with this. This is not a good okay. thing. I agree. So we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back and we hope you'll stay with us. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? SelectQuote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. 
Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Want to dominate the stock market in 2021? Looking for higher profit potential? With the COVID vaccines, a shifting political landscape, and a new year, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how. Make 2021 your year. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance and maximize your gains. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to VantagePointSoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, with today's low rates, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. With a cash out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, you could consolidate and pay off high interest debt, tackle home improvements that could add value to your home, or even set aside cash for your child's future education. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this, what can give you the technology to refinance easily and save money? Rocket can. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings based on quick loans, internal data, points and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing letter, license in all 50 states. Analysts, consumer access.org, number 330. Thank you for joining us. This is the Loving Liberty Network, and we're here with Kristen Chevrier, Liberty Mom, and I'm Delaney England. We're discussing the bills that are up at the legislature in Utah right now. And so, Kristen, we've had some great talks about some different bills and great ways to get involved. I just want to say, you know, citizens, you there, there is so much opportunity, and you have so much power as a citizen to contact legislators, let them know how you feel, you would be amazed and surprised at how much impact it has on them in so many cases. So Kristen, what bill would you like to talk about next? So I'd like to talk about Representative Ward has a bill, it's called Abortion Requirements Amendments. And it seems to me that just a couple of years ago, we passed a bill, it may have even been a session ago, maybe two sessions. We two, two years ago. Two years ago. That, yes. that made it so that a woman who is requesting an abortion needs to have some education that happens prior to her getting that abortion, right? So um, this bill looks as if it is removing that necessity to, um, in fact, I'm looking at the crossed out parts of it now, of the code now, it looks like it's making it so that you don't have to have that education to get an abortion, which is really exactly. interesting. He just, because he just takes that right out. The same, the same um, representative would say that everybody who wants to opt out of a vaccine needs to watch an education module just to opt out of a vaccine. But you're going to kill the baby that's inside of you, and you don't know what kind of an impact that's going to have on your body, on your future, on your emotions over the long term. 
you don't know any of that stuff and he doesn't want you to have that education. That's, and you're, you think that's inconsistent, Kristen? Yeah, just a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's such a great point because when do we not want people to be educated? Of course we want it age appropriate, but we want people to have an education and an opportunity to know the truth. And especially women, when do we want to deny women an opportunity to know everything about what's going on before they make such a life altering decision as having an abortion? It just seems so amazing to me that there are people who don't want people to know and to be informed. There's nothing in that video that's not true. There's not even propaganda. It is simply laying out what it is and what will happen and gives women an opportunity to think and know all the facts before she makes such a big decision. And then she can still make the decision. So this is a no. This is a no. Raymond Ward, HB 164. Um, I, I think it's so critical for people who are going in to have an abortion or are considering abortion, to know to have informed consent. I mean, that's just a basic rule that you have informed consent before you have a procedure. So to take that away is, I, I think it's criminal. I couldn't agree with you more because whenever you have any kind of surgery or any kind of medical procedure, they always give you full information. You Unless have a right to be fully informed. Unless it's I'm sorry. Not with unless not it's with a vaccine. vaccine. Yes, they don't. No, it's true. If you have a vaccination, they try to not give you, yeah, the paper. Or, yeah, make it so totally true. Right. Okay. okay. So, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I think that's enough. I'm I'm interested to talk about the next one that you have. Okay. Well, one that I feel really passionately about is I don't care what state you're in, but if you live in the United States of America, you have had a massive frontal assault on your liberties this past year. And it has been amazing to see so many wonderful American people surrender their liberties on a silver platter in the name of fear. And so I think that it is very important that, um, that we do something about this. And in the state of Utah, and I know every state is different. We have our own constitution in every state, which needs to be followed. But the, the principle of our constitution, both our federal and our state constitution, is the idea of our governments, both federal and statewide, is to protect our liberties not to take care of us or protect us from ourselves, but it's to protect our liberties. And so what happened in Utah, our constitution is not very clear, and it's a little bit on the broad side when it comes to the health department and what the health department can do. It doesn't have parameters on that they can only declare an emergency for two weeks or three weeks or a month. And in, in history, throughout the time we've been a state, We've never had a, uh, a, a pandemic or an emergency declaration be longer than three weeks. That's really long. It's usually you know, less than two weeks, but it could be three weeks. It's an, it's an emergency like an earthquake or a flood, something like that, that. It's something that happens, and then you go in and you handle it, and you take care of it. And even then, we've never had our liberties assaulted or had them taken from us. Because of it, we, what we need in an emergency is to be educated. We need to give full information and people to know and then people to be able to decide 
what risks they want to take. And when you have something as scary as a disease that people are very scared that they might die from, people want all the information and they're entitled to it. And, and what I have found is if you think it's true, if people are high risk, if you're a person who has comorbidity or you're elderly and it is a disease that targets elderly, and this is really amazing with COVID-19, we knew from very early on, not right off, not right off, but really early on, we knew that it very much targeted elderly people and did not target our youth. And so that was something that was great because the elderly people would have the ability to decide if they wanted to quarantine. And I think somebody who's at high risk of dying, you don't really have to force them to take care of themselves or take precautions. They will do it and they will decide at what level they want to do that. Um, so our Utah Constitution is is a little bit vague because it doesn't really give a time frame for how long an emergency can be um, can be declared for, and it also doesn't really give parameters to what an emergency is. So it, it leaves it a little bit open for the health department, which is an unelected, unaccountable, and and they um, you know employees who also are not required to use any science or evidence in making these declarations or saying we want to have this mandate. They are not required to use science. And I think it's really important that they do use science and also doesn't take our executive branch. It doesn't give any parameters for our executive branch. Again, we've never had one last longer than two or three weeks, but our executive branch has kept these mandates and going for literally 10 months. So we need so much to have a bill that takes care of this. We do. And uh, there are actually some things in our state code that do um, prescribe limits to how long an emergency order can be in place and, and how they can be called. They're, they're not clear enough and they have been disregarded. Um, so I think it would be important for the legislature to clarify some of these rules and then also look at what we have and start enforcing what we already have. For example, an emergency order is not supposed to last nearly as long or be recalled after right. time after time after time. They've been recalling it monthly, isn't it? Every month they've been renewing it? Yes, they've been renewing it monthly. Yes. Um, and, and that is not specified in the Constitution or in the state code. They, they should not be doing that. But because it's not super clear that you can't re, re-authorize re-do the same emergency over and over again, it's been allowed to happen. So it does need to be clarified. And there are parts of, of the powers of the health department and, and the executive branch that are definitely in need of overhaul um, most people don't realize that in many bills that are written, the health department is given rulemaking capability. Um, and so the bill will, will pass, but the rulemaking capability is where the meat really is going to come. And, and so then the health department or the labor division will take that bill and then they will fill in the blanks, which means that they are creating law and they are not people who are elected. They're appointed positions or hired positions. They are not people who are accountable to the people. And 
as far as I'm concerned, any bill that says rulemaking capability is being granted to an agency should not pass. And I know I can't have my way all the time, but it, it really bothers me that unelected bodies are making rules that have the force of law. And Kristen, then you're absolutely right. You are so right. And thank you so much for listening. And remember that you are the guardian of your liberty. Thank you for joining us.